when you make an overhaul and, and uh, you know, you got a whole new staff and you're probably putting in a whole new scheme and a whole new terminology, um, that doesn't just happen overnight, you know. It, I mean, from a from a terminology standpoint, it's like learning a new language, you know. And, and from from a scheme standpoint, uh, you know, depending on what you're trying to do, like it could be completely new techniques and you could be playing in spots you aren't used to playing. And so I think that uh, as a unit, when, when you got 11 guys that all are dependent on each other, like – if you're not, uh, if you, if you don't have it down pat, like sometimes things happen like that, you know. And uh, but I know, Co- you know, Coach Venable has been a really good coach for a long time, and and so you know, I don't think I think in time he he'll get that thing going and and play some really good defense. I just think, like I said, there's a learning curve to everything. There's Graham Harrell. Offensive coordinator at West Virginia talking about Oklahoma's defense and what he's seen and what he expects for the future under current University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables. Um, I think he says a lot of accurate things there, but... I feel like he just wanted to say, they suck. <laughs> he's trying right? to temper expectations for his offense this week is what he's trying to do. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, well, I don't know. Um, he's right about a lot of those things. But still, um, you know, they've had plenty of opportunities. And I think it, as bad as it was against Baylor, I think that there is still, don't kill me for this, folks, still a reasonable chance that we play a solid game defensively against West Virginia. Hmm. And I'll tell you why. Yeah, please do. Tyler, I, I don't think that they're, like, they don't have a, like, Baylor has their stretch run game, right? That's, that's their identity. They're excellent at it. It's different than what anyone else in the conference does. They run it 30 times a game. It's their bread and butter. If they're going for it on fourth down, guess what you're getting? All right? they, they, their running game is the lifeblood of that offense. West Virginia has a, a what I would call like a game plan, flavor of the week running game. Uh, they'll, they'll take some things that they've done well recently and look at some things that you've had trouble with recently and put those together, and that's kind of like their running game for the week. They don't have a play or a style that they live in, game in, game out, day in, day out. And that lends itself to, to being inconsistent. Now, you're definitely going to see the things that Oklahoma has struggled with you're going to see oh, stretch. There'll be a downhill running. Toss. Yeah, there'll be a downhill running team on uh, this Saturday. I don't doubt that. They'll definitely be running the rock. Right. So, I just think that that lends itself to uh, to being able to to shut it down a little bit better. Plus, their offensive line is not nearly as good as Baylor's offensive line. I, they don't have a lot of JT things that are as good as Baylor, and not that Baylor's some no, elite team. But this is this is better not, at wide receiver. Yeah, with Ford Wheaton. Yeah, he's a nice player. Um, Ford Wheaton and Prather are yeah, both yeah. good. Outside that, though, I mean, this is a well. This is a team that got beat by seventeen by Iowa State. I mean, that's what it Here's is. Here's the thing: if if you don't stop the run, 
and you don't put pressure on JT Daniels and make him uncomfortable in the pocket, he has probably as much or more arm talent than any quarterback that we've seen this year or will see in this year this year in this in the Big Twelve. So like you need to make him predictable, put him in, in predictable situations, and you gotta be able to make him well, uncomfortable in the pocket. They also can't allow in the first drive or two to for West Virginia to go right down the field and score. Because it feels like games yeah. where that's happened where fall apart. The exactly right. Yeah. If the the opposing team goes down and score goes down and scores early in that first couple drives, then they kind of fall apart for the rest of the game. Baylor, it happened last week. It was a bad defensive day. Iowa State, they played well early, right? It was a good defensive day. KU, they gave up a couple touchdowns early. Um, end up giving up forty one. Same thing with Texas. Same thing with TCU. The only game where that hasn't happened is Nebraska. Nebraska scored early. And OU figured out a, a way to play really good defense after that drive, that touchdown drive. Right. Kansas State, same thing. So, early success defensively is key. Um, I, I found this interesting today, though, on uh, CBS. They do this every single year. They do every coach in college football's hot seat ranking from yeah. zero to five. Zero is untouchable. Untouchable. Five is win or be fired. Before the uh-huh. year, Brent Venables was a one, safe and secure. Uh, apparently now they have moved him up to a two, which is all good for now. Brent Venables has moved up a point in their hot seat rating throughout the first nine games. Well, it's kind of stupid. Like It's not kind of stupid. It is stupid. No, I'm just saying like the rating system. Like... All good for now. Like, what does now mean? Like, does that mean this week? Does that mean this season? Because I'll tell you right now, Brent Venables is a zero until at least after next season. I would agree with that. He's a zero. So, like, I don't know what all good for now means. Like, we talking about over the next couple of years. I don't know how to how to take that. So. He's a zero. Um, they're not firing the coach they just hired. Um, there's no chance of that. Which is interesting because Jimbo Fisher, they currently have at a three. Neil Brown, they currently have at a three. It's like, come on. Like Brent Venables, who's nine games in, is at one spot lower than Neil Brown, who's probably going to get fired at the end of this year. And there's even a scenario right. where there, a scenario exists. I don't think it's going to happen. But a scenario exists where Neil Brown could coach his final game for West Virginia on Saturday. Brent Venables is at one slot below that. Let me ask you a question. If, and this is strictly hypothetical, Tyler. Okay. Let's say Dabo Svini has had enough. He's stepping down. Would Venables leave OU for Clemson? Huh. Uh, look, you just want to say that the money's comparable here? Wh- whichever way? Yeah. Okay. Um, man. I here, Here's my honest-to-God feeling. I, I feel like he thinks the OU – well, I, I don't even know this. If he feels like he thinks the OU's job is better than Clemson. My guess is that he feels like the OU job is better than Clemson, and I feel like he wouldn't want to bow out after one year of this. Like, he wants to see it through. I think 
there's a real desire for him to bring OU back to competing at a championship level. All that to say, and I don't feel great about it necessarily, no, I don't think he'd leave OU for Clemson. Right. You agree? I'm with you. Uh, Yeah, I'm with you. There's one reason why I think it's more attractive than Oklahoma right now. The conference. There's no doubt about that. Oklahoma's going to a conference where currently we are behind talent-wise, we are behind facility-wise, we are behind NIL-wise, we are behind in a bunch of, of different manners. In the ACC, Clemson right now is the, the flagship across all of those different categories. So, like, that's the one thing that and, – and I don't know what their future holds. Like, yeah, maybe you can convince me that at some point, maybe even in the near future, that they'll be joining the SEC. That's fine. But as of right now, they're not. So, you like, – that's the one thing is, is with Oklahoma, like, we're going to get there, but it's, it's going to take some time. Like, facility-wise, we got, we've got massive catching up to do. Which is, which is crazy. I understand it's crazy considering, like we just finished that South End Zone and Headington Hall. Headington Hall is on par with with the best. But of the what, country, what did you right? tell me a couple of weeks ago uh, off the air? Someone that you know that got to see Ohio State this off season said it's not close between yeah. the two schools. No, not it's it, they're not even in the same ballpark. Yeah. Now that, That's, yeah, we talked about it on air that like we don't even have a full length, hundred uh, yard grass practice field, and Ohio State has like seven or eight of them, geez. and they're all with different surfaces. They've got Zoysia, they've got Bermuda, they've got the fescue or whatever right. it is they we play on. We said that was Les Miles' dream, even for a Michigan yes. man to, yeah. to be there. Yeah, that's right. They got like seven or eight of those fields, right? And that's not counting what they've got in their indoor. And so like, it's 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 an embarrassment of riches. I understand that, right? And do you necessarily need all of those things? No, you don't. But it helps in recruiting. And, and we've got we've got a ways to go. I mean, that's why that's why we've. I don't know. What do we have? We earmarked like somewhere near a billion dollars in in upgrades across all the different facilities. So like that's that's kind of where we're at right now, and that's playing catch up. Yeah, now, whenever that stuff is all complete, we'll be right there on the on the front cutting edge of of everyone across the country. You know, so but it's just going to take some time for that to happen. And you know, you can. You can show the mock-ups and stuff like that in recruiting, and that and I think that does factor in. Hey, you guys are going to be the first class to to be in the, this building and these facilities, and I think that is something nice and cool to sell. But I mean, the the, the point is, I we've got we've got a big big uh, set of things that we've got to work on to get caught up with everyone. That was a complete. A hypothetical question by you that I was not prepared for. Um, mm-hmm. If Dabo was done at the end of this year, would would Brent go out there? Boy, just even thinking about that hypothetical and if that were to happen, what happened last December was like hard to accept, I guess, that someone would leave here to go to USC. But your guy leaving here to go to Clemson, that would be a tougher pill to swallow. 
Yeah. That would, well, that would be rough. It would be rough, but it 100% would not happen in the same manner. Well, you, okay, yes. I do agree with that. At least I, I hope it wouldn't happen like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it wouldn't. It, he, it, it That's would, why it they sucked like all year. He was talking to Clemson all season. <laughs> Here it comes. Well, um, I don't know. I was just thinking about that because, you know, we're someone, the Athens radio station asked you the situation about Hypel, and I was just, you know, and, and you brought up the hot seat stuff, and I'm like, he's not going anywhere. Like, he would have to want to leave before, like, we're not firing him. He would have to leave on his own, and then I'm like, he's not going anywhere. And then it, the only place I, I could think of that would even make sense is if, if Dabo was stepping aside, which he's threatened to do a bunch of times, <laughs> right? Hell, I'll leave, just... I'll leave the sport if it's going down this path. I mean, golly, want to pay every Tom and Harry uh, in the sport. I'll... Yeah, 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 that's that's him, basically. Yeah, that's funny. Um, Text line. Which, yeah, go ahead. LOL, why would Clemson want Brent Venables? The dude looks frightened and overwhelmed on the sidelines. He's a defensive coordinator and not a head coach. First time texter, welcome to the show. <laughs> what a, what a way to make your debut. Uh, I don't I don't know if they would want him at all. I don't know. Maybe because he was the defensive coordinator there when they're number one defense in the country multiple years and won multiple national championships. I'd start there, but yeah, maybe they think he's scared on the sideline too, like you do. Ted Roof back to Clemson, says someone from the 918. Uh, this one says, we've made recent renovations slash upgrades. How much is necessary to be level with the SEC teams? Well, if we're talking about football, we've made recent necessary upgrades, and we're still like $300 million behind. Mm. That's how much. It's never ending, which is shocking. Yeah, it it's really shocking. Is. I understand it is, but it's it's just the it's just the nature of the beast. And you know the things that the stuff that we have is it's beautiful, like the south end zone and the weight room and the locker room and all of that stuff. I mean, it's just it's it's amazing and really well done. You know, it's just like all of the other big boys have the the massive standalone football facility that's all encompassing all under one roof and or rough all under one roof better is yes. that how you say it yeah yeah r u h slash f yeah rough <laughs> uh yeah it, it, that's that's kind of what everyone else has and and i think that's where what we're aiming for i disagree bv doesn't look scared and overwhelmed on the sidelines says someone yes uh, we have worse facilities than Vandy. No, come on. I don't know what theirs look like. Um, Just going to go ahead and guess a, a no on that. Yeah. I, I, all I've, you know the only facilities I've, I've really seen is the Big 12 facilities. Outside of that, it's been hard. Like, even when we went to Ohio State, I didn't get a chance. Like Their stadium and all that stuff is really, really cool, but I don't even know if I laid eyes on where their practice field and, and facility even is. I'll tell you who's starting to get really nice facilities is Northwestern. They have yeah. poured a ton, and like that doesn't really affect OU one way or the other. I yeah. understand that, but like some schools that you wouldn't imagine have great facilities are now pouring in a ton of money to, into it, like Northwestern. 
And uh, I'll tell you who else. Baylor has some some nice facilities. They got some good stuff. And we know A&M. So Texas has – they've kind of lagged behind for a while too. Have they made some – recent upgrades i know they did some stuff with the stadium they got that end zone finally finished which is a uh, very unique design when you see it on Mm -hmm. tv use your imagination there with their logo they did the locker room remember because herman tried to take the sledgehammer to to the locker room and it got pushed back i yes i i think that um it sounds like sork really kind of pushed them on the idea of hey here's what i've seen and here's how far behind we are they're kind of yeah. getting with the program a little bit. Yep. Fascinating. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. Still hanging out today at Pryor's Pizza Kitchen. We got some bad weather out there, so the outdoor stuff is off today, but the inside is awesome. We got a full service bar, a couple of bartenders over there working right now. I got a fun group in there hanging out. Uh, got TVs on all throughout the place. Best pizza around it's the only coal-fired pizza uh, ovens in the state and it's just fantastic crispy on the outside kind of that chewy crust on the inside really really cool come see us out here at Pryor's pizza kitchen this is the ref sports radio network it's the central oklahoma buick gmc dealers bringing you hour number two of the rush on this thursday here's a uh, interesting stat that i found earlier today Home teams in the FBS this season are 420 and 217 on the season. That's a 659 winning percentage. It's the highest winning percentage since the number was tracked all the way back in 1966. Home teams are winning at a larger clip this year than any other season in college football since 1966. That's odd. You have a theory? It is. I I don't. Which OU's lost no. two home games this year, by the way. It's still got to play one more. So it's odd that they've lost more home games than normal, but the rest of the country, not so much. Um, the only thing I, can, I, I would be able to think of is some – some type of uh, some type of cheating, spying something that teams are, ah, have figured out. Yeah, but but I don't know what that might be or like why all of a sudden it would be happening this year and not previous. You think years. the Houston Astros have made their way into college football? That's that's your theory. Uh, yeah, you think we should start taking a trash can and start Gosh. banging on it before they run the, uh... I thought I heard a banging trash can on that fourth and seven that Baylor converted. I don't know. It's the bootleg. Here it comes. Hit the trash can. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that could be. I have, I have no idea. I really don't. Just a, just a coincidence. Like, I don't, how, how much of a difference is it than normal? You know what I'm saying? Like, is it just... Barely higher than what it typically is, but it's still a little bit outside the range. I, I don't know. I guess I could buy into, you know, people are really starting to come back to the stadium after COVID and it's making for a better home field atmosphere. I don't know. Maybe it's just totally yeah. random why it's been the case. Well, here's what I'll say. I feel like, and I don't know how you feel, and, and, and maybe this, this doesn't hold up to scrutiny, but 
I feel like this is maybe the most parody we've had in college football in a while. Definitely at the top, yeah. I mean, the fact that Alabama already has two losses, Clemson is yeah. – I mean, it, it, it feels that way at least. Well, right now in the top ten, we've got the SEC, we've got the Big Ten, we've got the Big 12, and we've got the Pac-12. Well, look how many Pac-12 teams are in the top 25 it, this week. There's even, a ton. Even ACC with Clemson is in, is in the top ten, so – I don't think they're going to make it, but I guess technically, theoretically, they still could, and maybe even North Carolina still could. Like, There's a bunch of teams that are still in it, and I think whenever you've got more parity means, like take Alabama, for example. Alabama Two road is, is their road losses. They're typically, you know, those are games that they win. Now, they've been close, and they've just barely been edged out, but those are those are road games. Tennessee's only loss. They had to go on the road to Georgia, right? So Oregon's only loss. I know it wasn't a home game for for Georgia, but it was it was on the road for Close them. Enough. It was Close enough yeah. to one. So USC, their only loss was on the road to Utah. I guess as you get as everyone gets a little bit tighter, that's whenever home and away matters a little bit more, you know? Yeah, which will make uh, everyone feel just a whole lot better. Uh, with this weekend's game that we just threw out that stat. Because West Virginia, yeah. like everyone else, they've been much better at home than they've been on the road. And, and like road. I said yesterday, if you account for home games only, West Virginia has the number one offense in the country, yep. scoring and yards per go. game. Uh, let's see, 940 area code. Including this year, how many schools would you change positions with in the last decade? That's an interesting question. Alabama, you changed positions with them the past decade. Um, would you would you switch spots with Georgia? They played in one and they've won one. I probably would. Yeah, in the last decade. Last decade, absolutely. Yes. Um, LSU. Anyone that's played in one or won one. Yeah. Well, okay. not anyone. No, that's not true. Like I wouldn't trade places with. Well, Auburn's was. To what year? Twenty thirteen. They, they lost in the. Yeah. championship game so I would not trade places with them would you trade places with Florida State who won it in 2013 but have been kind no. of a dumpster fire since then nope yeah and honestly I really wouldn't trade places with anyone I don't want anything that they have all right that's oh, I, I do I, I'd like some a few more national championships please I'll take those yeah I I want the journey though, man. That's what it's all about. Who cares about journey's hanging the getting banner? tiring? Okay, <laughs> I'm about to quit. I'm about to quit. <laughs> the journey does suck at times. Can we just buy one? Like, what do we got to do to buy one? Yeah. Win that lottery? Two point one billion. <sighs> Speaking of parody, OU's recruiting is starting to become parody. Oh, uh, don't lose faith. Oh no! What happened? So what's the latest? What's the scuttlebutt? Well, <laughs> it's dude. Uh, it is something new every single day. Um, it really is now. You had Lewis Carter yesterday, apparently unofficially visiting Auburn this weekend, which is interesting. Now mm-hmm. today there's um, some recruiting guys picking Anthony Evans, your last commit 75 days ago, to flip to Georgia at some point. So that's, that's the uh, bad news today. The Anthony Evans wasn't – um, 
wasn't it between us and Georgia with, with him all along? Well, it was supposed to be Georgia 75 days ago when he committed. It was, yeah. a, it was a surprise that something happened late with OU and he ended up committing to OU. But, yeah, it was, it's always thought to be OU and Georgia. Yeah. Well, we'll get him back. It's okay. Don't worry. We'll be okay. We'll be just fine, Tyler. And even if we don't get him back, guess what? We'll be just yeah, fine. Yeah, they'll, they'll find another receiver. It'll be okay. But this guy is a burner real fast. He's a burner. He's a burner. You, you got to have speed. He's a stud, four-star kid. But here's the thing, man. I, we need size on this football team. We need size. And I'm, I'm all for the speed. you got to have the speed, guys, too. I get that. But, man, we, we need 6'3 wide receivers, 6'4 wide receivers. And I know we got a couple of guys on, on roster, and I think they're going to have big careers. Um, and, and I'm not downplaying Anthony Evans. Trust me, I want him in this recruiting class. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But Yeah. Um, there, there are a few guys in college football to where they just walk out on the field and you say, good God, that guy is giant. He's huge. I say that out loud every time Jaden Gibson trots out on the field. He, uh, he jogged out on the field. When they did that, uh, they did the package last week or the drive last week where they put in yeah. all those young guys, and they actually got a first down with that drive, which was nice. That's but right. He jogged out there, and I'm just like, God, he is huge. Jaden Gibson is massive. God, if he could just put it together, figure out, figure it out, catch the football, he'll have a real chance to be a to be a stud. Yep. Yep. Uh, I hope he does. I hope he hope he gets it. Figures it out, puts it all together. Which, by the way, I'm, I'm, I think we'll continue to see that young group of guys go out there and get a series and try and get a first down. It's two games in a row we've seen it. They haven't messed anything up yet, so I think it's probably going to continue. Tawie Walker is the running back uh, in that group, right? Because they had like a third and two and ran it with him, and it was first down, Sooners, Boomer. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I trot him in and trot him back out after a first down. It's it's I've never seen OU do anything like that. It's so unique. I don't hate it. I think it's actually kind of fun, but yeah, just so different. Yeah. Uh, all right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Hey. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Uh, this is something that I absolutely love. We talk about this every now and then. But, you know, we've got the 12-team playoff that's going to happen. Um, and it could happen as early as the 2024 season. Um, but everyone involved has to agree to the contract and the changing terms with the with the current deal. And guess who's asking for things that nobody else is? The biggest pain in the ass, the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl. Yeah. Exactly right. The Rose Bowl is um, is asking for concessions that, that no one else is. Obviously, that January 1 window, they're going to have to 
ditch their agreements with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, which they're not uh, acting like they're going to be willing to do. So um, it sounds like there's a sense of frustration within the college football playoff uh, group, the committee, or whoever it is that makes those decisions, and that the Rose Bowl is trying to dictate whenever everything lays out and plays out. Uh, I love this, uh, this quote from a college football uh, playoff source. We have not decided anything about 2026 and beyond. Should the Rose Bowl tell us where to play our games? <laughs> Most of us think not. <laughs> uh, seriously, so, man. I mean, uh, I, I had a great time. It. The one Rose Bowl I was, I was able to go to, the OU-Georgia game, it was awesome. It was really cool. But I don't know. It's almost like, for some reason, soured my experience that they've been such a pain ever since we left that, that game that day. Right. You know? Yep. Yep. It's um, And they OU lost in dramatic fashion. That didn't help either. But other than that, it was weird. great. It's weird. Um, next thing I've got. Ooh, it's 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 heating up up there in uh, in D.C. Washington Attorney General has decided to file suit against uh, the commanders, and and he made a threat. It's going to be public. We will issue subpoenas. We will seek testimony under oath, depositions. I promise you, and they're not going to be done on a yacht. Um, he's coming after Washington football team and the NFL, who he says allowed everything to go unchecked and and take place behind the scenes. And one of the things that they're asking to do is to make public that report that was done by the third party that the NFL has fought to keep secret that everyone's been wanting to, Good. to that, have this out. This is like, what we need. This is what we need to spice up right. the season because it's pretty been pretty lame up to this point, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, pretty wild, though. That's uh, That whole situation is going to be fascinating. And then finally, is Kyler Murray okay out in Arizona? Um, he, let's see. He yelled at Cliff a couple uh-huh. of Thursdays ago during the game. He had that contract issue this offseason. Sure he seems like the he's always in a pouty and a bad mood. He never seems like he's happy. There was a There was a – a fight on the sidelines, not a fight, an argument, a uh, heated exchange between he and DeAndre Hopkins. And the audio's out now because I got that season hard knock still that's following him. And, uh, you know, he's he's kind of giving Kyler some heat for not throwing him the ball on like a third and 18, saying he's wide open. What are you even looking at, bro? <laughs> so, and Kyler's, you know, he's getting all mad. Just wondering if he's okay. Is it the pressure? What do you think's going on out there? Uh, well, I think um, it all started with the whole contract dispute this offseason. He didn't like that one bit, and he's been basically in a bad mood since because he's seemingly been a punching bag so far this year. Yeah. Uh, the last thing that caught my eye is, you know, I don't know if you knew this or not, but did you know the World Cup is getting close to starting? <laughs> yeah. We have World Cup updates that are sponsored. Yeah. I was like, oh, that'll be interesting to try to fit in the show. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it, it's fascinating. I had forgotten all about it. I did but too until we sold World Cup updates. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. guess that is Apparently it, it is actually going to take place. So there you go. That's all I got. Uh, four years ago today, one of our favorite radio calls happened. 
we played that so many times. It's hard to believe that was only four years ago. I know. That's what I was thinking. Is if you would have told me that was a decade ago, I would believe you. We, we got played our, that. We got our money's worth in four years. Times. Yeah, we got our money's <laughs> worth in the past four years with that one. Ah, uh, that's great. Um, here, here's something from college football that I found fascinating and didn't learn the story until earlier today. So there was a Virginia Tech linebacker. There is a Virginia Tech linebacker. And right before fall camp started, you know, you, you sit in a your team meeting room and they go over the do's and don'ts with NIL and kind of everything to make sure yeah. you stay out of trouble, right? Well, there was a particular slide that said no gambling. Like, you're, you're a collegiate athlete. You cannot gamble on sports. That's wrong. So this guy immediately realizes, Virginia Tech linebacker, oh, crap. Um, I was 21 years old. It was the off season. I used, I think it was FanDuel to bet on some NBA games on the summer just to have some fun. I got to go tell my head coach. So he told his head coach the next opportunity he had the next morning, right? And he confessed. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, coach, man, I, I, I didn't know that was the rule. I was 21, about to be 22. I, I misread it. I, I didn't realize you couldn't gamble on sports. I'm sorry, man. So he thought that his honesty would help keep him out of trouble. It did not. The NCAA still punished him with a nine-game suspension that was reduced to a six-game suspension after an appeal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For gambling on NBA basketball during the offseason when he was 21 years old and in a state where it's legal to do so. Man, that is... And this was that, his senior oh, season, by the way, too, to make it even worse. Oh, man. I'm mad at the coach. I'm mad at the NCAA. That is just – that is ridiculous. Oh, that's so frustrating. God, NCAA, man. That is – oh, that I hate that for that kid. I hate that for that kid. Man, you punish – Just try to be honest, you know? You, you punish the behavior – that you're actually wanting these young men to to carry out, right? Hey, fess up. Like, you know, let's come to us with what you've done. Like, not that serious, not that big of a deal. And some jerk, I wish I could say what I really think of him in the NCAA office, issues that punishment. That is that is incredible. Yeah, and I think the, the total number that he gambled was like something around $400, and he won $21, something like that. And they, nice. forced, they forced him to donate it to charity, though, after this whole thing. So, oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> that, oh, hey, um, a couple of things here. Did you see Marshall's uh, alternate uniforms and their helmets? 75th anniversary of the uh, plane crash? No, I didn't. I, I need to go check those out. Well, it's it's – hang on. It's not the – it's not the 75th anniversary. It's it's the anniversary, and it's the 75 game honoring the 75 um, people that passed away in the 1970 plane crash. Gotcha. So it's pretty cool. Um, black alternate helmet. A couple more here. Let's see. Casey Thompson, quarterback at Nebraska. He's out at Michigan. Or I mean, he's out for the game at Michigan. Um, happy birthday to the Marines. 247 years old today. I did not realize the that Drew Marines. Carey was once a Marine. And the last one I have is Nick Cannon. He's about to have a football team, dude. Oh he is gosh. expecting his 12th child. That is right. You heard that correctly. 
So Nick weird. Cannon expecting his twelfth child. So weird. I he I, I think he has like it's like a fetish or something, man. It's weird that he, it's, I don't know. Um, one more thing, though. You you remind me of it whenever you mentioned the Marines. Did you know that Buffalo, the school, has a defensive end on their team that is a 30-year-old former Navy SEAL? <laughs> Does he lead uh, the country in sacks? No, I did not know that. Uh, I don't know, but he is jacked. I mean, it looks like um, he's. I mean, he looks like an operator. He's got the full big beard. He's got long hair, and he is massive. Well, there's your team leader. <laughs> there, there's someone you need around to put some perspective into things. Yep, six two, two hundred sixty-three pound, thirty-year-old senior from Las Vegas, Nevada. Is he going to be in the portal? Can we get him via the portal by chance? Um, With the COVID year, he's probably maybe. got three more years of eligibility left. He can anchor right. that D-line next year. Never played the sport and hand-wrote letters to every single Division One college football program and asked for an opportunity. Um, and Lincoln didn't respond because he hates the troops? Is that the next part uh, of the story? Actually, Nebraska is where he started. Nebraska is the one that gave him the opportunity. Uh, in 2017. All right, uh, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers, they're bringing you hour number two of the rush on this Thursday, Tyler and Teddy. As a Marshall alumni, it made me smile to hear Teddy mention their alternate uniforms for this week. That's from the 304 area code. That's pretty cool. Nice. A lot of trash talk. A, a lot of sympathize on the text line because it is the Marines' birthday today. A lot of other branches uh, talking trash on the Marines today. So, you know, that's how they roll, which is uh, all, all in good fun. So, thank you to uh, all of you Marines out there who have uh, already served this country and those of you out there that will continue to do so. Thank you to the Marines. You guys are awesome. It's awesome. Best. Good stuff. Logical score Saturday, OU 35, West Virginia 27. Not logical. Sooners 52, West Virginia 35. Huh. Logical. I wonder how they arose at that logic. I don't know. Um, I, don't, I don't know what a logical final score prediction is for this team right now. I don't really know what to expect. And I don't know if a rove is a word. Is that a word that I was? I, just I was just gonna. You're in Goldsby, so I figured that that's just how you guys talk out there. Honestly, yeah. Um, I th I think we can score a bunch of points against West Virginia. You better score a lot of points against West Virginia. Yeah. Come on, Reggie. The numbers. What I said the other day, I said what forty two thirty one something like that. Uh, I think you said forty one thirty one is what you said. Forty one thirty one. Yeah, close enough. Yeah. Yeah, why not? We can score 41 against uh, West Virginia. I will be very disappointed if they don't score over 30 points. V very disappointed. Iowa State put up 31 on these guys. Come on. Come on, offense. Right. We put up 35 on Baylor, 27 on ISU, which is it's actually a nice number, 52 on KU. Yeah, we're going to score some points. We're going to score some points. I'd say, 
I say 40, 41, I'm saying is the low end on what we score. Now, how many we give up? I don't know. Like, I'll take <laughs> like, anything that you, any number you can throw at me, I'll say, okay, I'll consider that. I think anything is, is up for debate on how many we give up, but we're going to score some points yeah, in this surely. football game. Haven't been great in close games so far this year, just one and two, right? Baylor loss, Iowa State win, Kansas State loss. Yeah, I guess that's I mean, true. Kansas was – I don't really count Kansas as a close game, to be honest. Ah, you're right, not a close game. Um, we're going to put up some points. Hopefully we can hit on some deep balls, get some stops, get some turnovers, and separate. All right, quick timeout. we got the final hour of the rush coming up next here from Pryor's Pizza Kitchen in Goldsby. 1400 AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma.